Welcome into Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa. Along with Carter Adams. And Tyler Tucker, as always, is here. Welcome back. It's been a it's been a while since we last talked. It was Friday. It was Friday evening. Um, we're back on now to go over and talk about some. We have a pretty packed schedule. We're going to go into basically almost um, all four of the all four major American sports, as well as you know, as well as we're going to talk about the Tyson um, Tyson Fury um, Deontay Wilder fight. We're going to talk about all that in tonight's show. So let's get into the swing of things. All right, thank you. Sorry about that. We were I was just checking on the volume there. All right, so let's start off in the NBA news. Um this Monday we it was just the Kobe um the Kobe Bryant um celebration of life happened. It was a very very touching ceremony, very emotional. Um just wanted to just wanted to clarify on that. It was very good. I thought it was a very like touching ceremony. Did you guys see Shaq's speech? No, I didn't see it. I, it was amazing. amazing. Uh he he basically went out there and said, you know, something I can't say over the airwaves, but yeah. basically he he yep. asked Kobe. Uh, Rick Fox asked him about you know why he wasn't passing the ball, and uh, he and he said, Kobe, why aren't you passing the ball to Rick? And uh, uh, he, he basically there's no I in team. Yeah, he said there's no I in team, but there is an M and E, and yeah. he, so I thought I, that was really cool. And then on top of that, Jordan's speech too was just oh, yeah. amazing. That was really good. Said, yeah. Like, when uh, when Kobe died, a piece of him died as well. Absolutely. So I just wanted to, yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that real quick before we got into the swing of things. That was a very good ceremony, I'd say, but by, by um, uh, by the by the NBA and by every by whoever by everyone who put that on, everyone did a great job. It was a very emotional and touching ceremony. But let's get into some current NBA news. Zion Williamson and LeBron James faced off this pat faced off um uh, yesterday. Uh, the Lakers ended up getting the dub, one eighteen to one hundred nine. LeBron ended up dropping forty, and I think Zion came out with twenty nine points at total in the victory. So, what did you guys think about that? What did you guys think about the battle? I think the Lakers run through LeBron as great as Anthony Davis is. Whenever LeBron steps off the court, you know th- their offense just is stagnant. So, I think LeBron is clearly the leader of this team. And then along with that, one of my issues with this was. Brandon Ingram went out there and had himself a game. In 37 minutes, he got 34 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists. But the uh, sports media would, you know, rather hop on the Zion Williamson-LeBron James duel and, you know, make as many comparisons to Jordan and Kobe as they could rather than reporting on, you know, the game that... the the, the season, really, that Brandon Ingram has been having for himself. (coughs) Yeah, I mean, he's he's been improving drastically. And uh, if we look at the game, besides, you know, Brandon Ingram, let's talk a little about LeBron and Zion. Um, when I look at Zion play, I see a a mirror image of young LeBron. Really? I, I do. I Yeah, I saw a post, ESPN. They were showing, like, old clips of LeBron and, like, current clips of Zion. It's crazy how similar they play. You know, they're both throwing down these dunks. And Zion can even Zion's got himself a little jump shot going on. He does occasionally, it, you know, which, which impresses me. I mean, he's. I think this guy's legit. He's got it. He's strong. I mean, we just got to see like as he, as he ages, will he become like a good leader? Yeah. So um, that kind of begs the next question. I would probably say with a guy like Zion, um, do you guys think this will be something that's sustainable, or do you think it might be something like a Blake Griffin type thing where, you know, he really he really pops off in the beginning of his career, but then towards the end it starts to kind of tail off and 
it's kind of the case where Griffin is now, where he's not necessarily a bad player, but he's not, but he's definitely not the player that he once he's was. Fallen from his glory, yeah. for sure. So over the 13 games that Zion's played so far, he he has he's averaging 23.3 points, 2.3 assists, and that's on 57.3 percent shooting. Uh, for me personally, and that's with, right now with Zion, I think that like the. His issue is definitely going to be the injuries, you know, just like it was with Blake Griffin. Uh, I think as long as he, you know, can stay relatively healthy, he should have himself a great career. But his issue is, you know, that knee that put him out for about half of this season. And I think a Zion Williamson without injuries right now can be a very formidable force in the NBA. And, you know, I just wish him nothing but the best. And what do you yeah, guys think? I, I agree. I think definitely for Zion, injuries are his, like, biggest concern. But on top of that, he's, what, 20, 21, something like that? He's, he's, he's really 19. Young. He's 19. Wow. Yeah. He's my age. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, the guy's super young. So, but, I mean, he's yeah, the biggest, the, all the talent's other there. biggest concern with Zion is definitely going to – going to be how he like establishes himself as a leader on the Pelicans. I think when we saw the Anthony Davis trade, I think a lot of people thought immediately that the Lakers won that trade because obviously they were getting Anthony Davis, but what they didn't look at is the fact that players like Lonzo Ball are now having themselves very good nights. Yeah, they're effectively turning they're around not their career. On a team. I think honestly Lonzo like Ball was having himself some good nights before that and I think really the the only reason he wasn't respected was because of his father and oh, now definitely. that they've like separated himself and he's gotten out of the LA he can culture be his own player exactly now. He exactly doesn't have the pressure of his father and I feel like for a lot of players it's definitely just like the pressure of playing for the Los Angeles Lakers oh, yeah, yeah a big that's part of, that's big that's I mean, why that's why you see Kyle Kuzma having up and down nights I mean, you see guys like D'Lo who have kind of evolved evolved since they've left the Lakers mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. their image has kind of shifted a little oh, bit definitely. since they've yeah, left. You see a lot of players leaving the Lakers and just having themselves some nights. Yeah. Um, so then so then that also begs the question, do you guys think that do you guys think that the coverage with Zion it kind of does overshadow that these these other players or do, and do you guys think that's a good thing if as long as like, you know, the Pelicans are successful or do you think, you know, some of the players like guys like Lonzo and guys like Brandon Ingram should get more credit than they than they deserve? I think that you know, yes, I'd love to see some good Zion dunks here and there. You know, he he definitely has been having himself a, a couple big nights. But, I mean, LeBron James still dropped 40, but all the talk is really about Zion. You know, exactly. other guys are out there having great nights. Hey, Jason Tatum just had, what, uh, 30, 41 dropped, the yeah, other he night? Dropped, he dropped 40 against 41 the 41 the other night, and, you know, we're not really talking about that. We're just talking about the Zion-LeBron. And just day. the fact that the, the Pelicans were a completely irrelevant team oh, until he sure. came back Oh, they were they were dwellers, yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody heard about the like, Pelicans yeah. this season until he came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they were, they were on the – they were the – basically in the back burner of everyone's mind. I mean, I think Zion's legit, but I, I definitely think he gets the media hype as well. It's almost like it's almost like you see Bronny James play on ESPN more than some NBA teams. Yeah, you know? yeah true. More than the Wizards. Like, I mean, granted, and they did the, the same thing with great. Lamar Jackson. They, the, the Wizards aren't anything special right now, but still, it's it's crazy to see a high school game high being, school being broadcast yeah. on ESPN while his dad's playing on ESPN. Speaking of the Wizards, how about Bradley Beal back-to-back 50-plus point nights? I mean, that, two that man is a 
baller. I mean, the guy. Man is a baller. I mean, the guy balls out, but I mean, you're on the Wizards. Yeah, exactly. Like, I give the guy all the credit in the world. I could never, I could never score 50 points <laughs> in a pickup game. But you know, I mean, but I mean, you're playing on the Wizards. Definitely. Like, he's gonna have to score at least half those points to even like for, for them sure. to even like want to be in a game. And I think that's like the Devin Booker complex. Like, as great as you can do on any given night, we saw with Devin Booker dropping 70 against the Celtics. Still came out of that game with a loss. I think you know. In the NBA, you know, as much as you can say superstars run the league, you need to have a solid team around you. If LeBron James, if it was just LeBron and Anthony Davis and no Danny Green, no Caruso, no Rondo, no Dwight, they they'd probably be an eight seed. You exactly. Know? They have they have the depth. Um, yeah, yeah, they got those players on the bench that they come out, they do their job, but ultimately they got the superstars taking over the show, and I think that's what a team like the Lakers needs exactly yeah yeah absolutely all right so i think that i think that covers everything we got in basketball so far besides the kobe tribute and zion lebron not how much has really transpired since last friday so before we move into baseball um if you guys have any questions you want to dm us about our instagram is down dot to the wire on instagram so again our at is down dot to the wire make sure you follow us that'll get us that'll get you to the to the um uh, top of the dm list and we'll make sure to read your we'll Try to at least read your comment by the, either the end of this show or the start of next show. Do it. We'll respond to you. Absolutely. Oh, sure. Best comment gets a shout out. All right. Absolutely. All right. So in MLB news, I don't know if this number has gone up, but the Houston Astros players have been, um, you know, plunked about six times in their in the past three games. So twice a game is Let's the go. average now. Let's go. So I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on something like this? I mean, I know Carter, you had said in previous shows that. Um, um, more like blatant disrespect, turning your back to them would be the way you'd probably go out Definitely. at Stephen A's approach. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about this kind of an approach, though? Like when, when that that this is actually going to be, um, uh, you know, possibly the you know the ramifications the ramifications that these guys will have to face the entire year. Do whatever you want in spring training, but yeah. I don't want to see it during the regular season because that just makes the game look bad. For me, I think it is hilarious and petty because you look at these spring training teams, how many of these guys were on the 2017 that's championship what I was, That's team? what I was going to say. Like, like one of the guys that got hit the worst, I think I think is like a double-A player. So exactly. That, so, like, chances are he probably was just drafted when this was all going on. Yeah. So, the fact that he, so the fact that he's just he's just happy enough to have a spring training invite from any team and now he has to go and see and see a guy who can throw um, as hard as Aroldis Chapman wanting to basically basically want to take his head off. And I think my my prediction with this whole thing when it actually comes to the regular season, I think they're definitely going to get bean toward the towards the beginning of the season, but then once we see like a a fairly serious injury, like remember that ball Giancarlo Stanton took to the face? Yeah. If we see anything like that, it stops there. Yeah, that'll probably where the that'll probably be where the buck stops. Um, I mean, the thing, the way I think they might end up doing it is that to get away with probably the suspensions and stuff, that instead of, you know, instead of, you know, beating them with 95 mile an hour fastballs, they're going to let a, in air quotes, they're going to let a ball slip. They're going to yep. let a breaking ball slip, just kind of just lost that curve. Yeah. Just, just bang him in the hip. You know, it'll be, it'll just be like, Hey, I don't like what you stand for, but I'm not going to injure you. Yeah. Yeah. Like you so, said, these, some of these players that were, were getting plunked with the balls, they had absolutely nothing to do. With nothing. The cheating thing. No, nothing. I think if your if your approach to fighting this whole cheating scandal is throwing balls at players that didn't even have anything to do with the scandal, I think you're essentially taking the approach that you want to fight fire with fire. And I think if you're 
looking ultimately to protest the commissioner of the MLB. Well, I mean, that's I think, not the right way to do it. I mean, I almost think, feel like it's almost just their their attempt at getting justice. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I understand that it's that it's probably wrong for the sport, but I understand where these players are coming from. Where they're mad that 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 basically, you know, Manfred really did nothing to to punish well, let's these put guys. Put it into context for a different sport. Yeah. What if after the New Orleans Saints got caught for the, the whole bounty scandal under Sean Payton, he got suspended for a year. That was their punishment, ultimately. I'm sure there were there were fines given. But let's say players start going at the Saints. The offensive players start, you know, helmet-to-helmet helmet trucking these Saints players. Well, here's the thing. In football, whether you like it or not, those penalties, especially now, they are being more enforced. So, like, it's so by the NFL standards, like going at someone helmet to helmet, that kind of stuff. While it, well, obviously that can happen on the field. The teams know that there will be a penalty to follow that. In baseball, it's it's obviously a little but if different. If we see where, a trend of pitchers hitting Astros players, we're not going to see a punishment. For the that. problem, though, is if they, there's if, no in-game penalty. Well, besides the the only thing that's really going to happen is the ejection of the player. Yeah, and there's not and really much there's, afterwards. There, you can't really throw a penalty. You can't, you can't just, you can't say besides, you know, the guy getting hit. You can't put an, an extra runner on the base as penalty for it. The only thing that's going to happen is so you're is, saying a player the, getting ejected was ultimately better than a player receiving a 15 yard. Yeah, because because here's the thing: if it's if the guy's getting plunked in the sixth inning, you could have an absolute scrub out there, but he throws hard, and if that's how you want to go about it. You have you have him you have him chuck a pitch at Altuve. He gets thrown out of the game. You bring in a better reliever. Hey, that, wh- that's frankly how. What that's about just this happen. right here? Odds on players on the Astros to get beaned the most. Jose Altuve is at plus one fifty. Bregman at plus two hundred. George Springer plus four hundred. Correa plus five hundred. And Yuli Gurriel plus eight hundred. What do you guys? Well, think? I mean, I, I disagree with this whole thing. I wouldn't mind seeing Correa. Get I would very much enjoy to see Gurriel get beaned because he is one of the most disrespectful baseball players I've seen to, in my life. I was about to say, I was, I was about to say, I, I would, I was about to say, if him and Darvish meet up at any point during the season, he's it's done. over. It's over. He's gone. It's over. Yeah, like no. Darvish is, you know, coming right at him. Like that's just not going to be. There great. is no place they have, for that. They in have a history. They have a history. It won't be. A, it won't be a good ending on that part. Um. So that was so that's really the latest update in the Astros cheating scandal. Um, you know, players are actually starting to get plunked now. We'll see how how far this number goes by the end of spring training and what and what and what this translates to in the regular season. Uh, the New York Yankees, you know, people have them as um, World Series favorites in the AL right now. Um, Red Sox, Red Sox have shipped Mookie Betts to LA. I mean, the AL East for a lot of for a lot of people at this point, had seemed pretty wide open. But now there are some questions about the Yankees in terms of, I'd say, the rotation, because um, it just came out today that Luis Severino is probably going to need Tommy John surgery, and he will be getting it. He he put out a report earlier today that he's saying that he would be getting the Tommy John. Um, and also James Paxson, who had, a cyst, who had a cyst removed from his back, is also out of the rotation for the Yankees. So that's something you're going to have to look at as well, because... As it stands right now, the rotation goes Cole, Tanaka, Hap. I don't know how you say that name, but it's Jonathan Luis Ghana, um, Jordan Montgomery, and then Pax would be the sixth, but he's unfortunately injured at this point. So um, so that's really – so, I mean, the Yankees set the MLB record last year for kind of at least players last season who were injured. Do you guys think that this could be a problem for them going into this year? I don't because look at that big three right there. you got Garrett, Cole, Marsh, 
Mashiro Tanaka. Mashiro. Thank you, Brian. And uh, J.A. Happ, those dudes alone are going to carry your rotation. And then along with that, the depth of their team, even with the losses of Encarnacion and Didi Gregorius, I think they're still absolutely stacked. They got Judge and Stan in right field. They still got Gardner. They they have weapons everywhere. Yeah. I think Yankees fans, you ain't got to worry because guess what? The Rays, the Red Sox, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, they ain't putting up any fight, and you play them the most. So. I don't know. I mean... I'd say it's interesting. I mean, I still, I, th- I still think the Yanks have the best odds to, you know, take the AL East. I think that's, um, the I think they're the obvious favorite this year. Yeah. But I mean, Tanaka had a four ten ERA. Happ had a three, had a four, had a four thirty nine. So I mean, these guys didn't really, these guys had average seasons. Like, like a four ERA is literally the definition of average. So they had kind of like slightly below average, average seasons. Cole had a ERA just a tick above three. So I mean, Cole Cole would be have to, would be the guy who'd have to just carry this rotation, I think, for the most part, because mm. Severino is when he's on the when he's on the mound, he's a young stud. The guy the guy can fire the ball really well. Um, Paxson is also a pretty good arm. I mean, he he had some injury troubles last year, only going seven and five with a three with a three seventy seven ERA. So I mean, I think this I think that this rotation it has the potential to be good if if everyone comes out and performs on top. But if it doesn't, I'd say that Cole will have to really carry the load of this team. And that's what they're paying him for. That's what they gave him that huge oh, contract for. Can I just say one thing about the Yankees rotation? There's something I'm kind of sad about right now that they're missing. The man himself, CC Sabathia. He is not going to be in the starting rotation for what feels like, I don't know, first time in forever. I mean, yeah, he came over He came over from the Brewers, I believe, after the 2008 season. He was with he was with the Brewers. He was acquired by the Indians that year. Faced the Phillies in the 2008 playoffs. You know, just couldn't get it done. So he came to the Yanks, won it in 09. And then, yeah. But, I mean, they have a good team. They do, for I mean, sure. obviously they have obviously they have a killer lineup. But, I mean, it's really going to matter what these guys can do. For I sure. mean, if they can, if, sure. if all these guys can perform to the top of their um, uh, game, then, yeah, sure, they can, they can perform. All right. What do you say we go to this hot topic right here? Philly fans, you're gonna love this one. Oh God! So, to put it lightly, the Philadelphia Phillies and the artists that have designed have, that have designed the beloved mascot, the Philly fanatic, um, they've been they've been in some contract disputes. The the artists believe that they should be paid a little bit more than what they should be because I think the last time they came to an agreement was I think in '84 um, over the rights of the character. He so the Philly fanatic came into you know essence in '79. And then in '84, they kind of wrote up a contract of how they wanted to be paid for him, but they want to re- renegotiate that contract. The Phillies really aren't interested in that, so to kind of counter it, they decided to redesign the Philly fanatic in their kind of in their kind of own name and and basically likeness to try to avoid having to pay that money. And frankly, this this mascot just looks ugly to me. It's it looks just ridiculous. It looks like it's trying to go out and celebrate New Year's you later. Know, I'm, I'm almost speechless. The fact that this was not on the front page of ESPN when I opened it. <laughs> Crazy, because this is this is such a hot topic. I just want to talk about mascots for a sec. Mascots are basically the base of all sports franchises, okay? They're the, they're the people entertaining at halftime. They're the people, not not people, they're the things that people look up to, like Wally the Green Monster. Green Monster, example. go! He, he is an icon in Boston, okay? I think people underestimate mascots, and I think... 
Honestly, I see no difference in the Philly mascot. Really? I, it, to me, to me, it's subtle, but he is. But basically, for anyone who hasn't seen it, the Philly fanat- the new Philly fanatic mascot, has scales running down his arms. His is a bigger, bright blue tail now. The eyelashes of his eyes look he's, really. It looks like he's wearing some kind of glasses. With yeah, feathers. It, it just really doesn't look appealing at all, in my opinion. I mean, the Philly fanatic they they slimmed him down a little bit, I think, too. So I guess he's been doing some cardio over the off season. But I mean, he just doesn't look as as friendly as you know the guy that the guy I've seen kind of throughout my childhood. So from what I was reading, I believe it said that if that if like the that if the artists still don't believe that this is a good enough uh, basically job at at them trying to get out of paying this, they might the, the um, uh, Philly mascot technically could become a free agent, able to able and basically the socks and basically the socks and basically be able to go to whatever um, uh, franchise it would so choose. We're never giving up. Wally. Boston Red oh, Sox. No, you heard it here first here's on Down to the Wire. The Boston Red Sox <laughs> will be the first franchise in MLB history <laughs> with two mascots. I mean, we are. I mean, apparently we already have Wally and Tessie, the female one. But I really have. I really don't know too much about Tessie, so. I think Wally's from different teams. <laughs> Wally's the yeah. We we've officially stolen the Philly fanatic, so and we'll pay him more than Mookie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll probably end up paying. And he'll him. be more valuable. <laughs> I doubt that. Okay, before it gets too tense in here, uh, Bry, I think we should move on to the man himself, Joe Burrow. Ooh, Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, there's been some talk about his hands lately. Honestly, this guy should just retire. I don't. I don't think he's going to be anything in the league because his hands are too small. Like he said, at least he's self-aware. I think these criticisms are just a joke. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to be the number one pick without a doubt. Without a doubt, it's yeah, no doubt. I think that things like this, it's just a cre- it's lower to, it's in draft cre- stock. It's to create headlines. It's to create exactly. headlines. I mean. I mean, everyone knows that Joe Burrow is going to be the should be the surefire number one pick. If exactly. the Bengals, it's like Lamar Jackson took a breath during the regular season. <laughs> it was front page of ESPN. Like, I mean, I mean, basically, like anything, any story that the people want, that that um uh, people think that they can get about Joe Burrow, they're going to try to make it happen. I mean, I understand where they're coming from because it's, I mean, it's the NFL draft, it's the NFL offseason. I mean, besides besides NBA and NHL, like this is kind of the weird downtime in between sports, between football and baseball starting. For so sure. this is kind of a time where where it is like a sports purgatory. So anytime you can make a story happen, we have a solution for that now, though, with the XFL. Exactly. Ex- that's 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 gonna be the turning point. I that'll that'll love cure our boredom. Me too. Love Me it. too, man. Uh, so. All right, another guy that uh, should be coming up in the draft soon. Uh, to attack a Viola. Thank you again, Brian, because I was going to botch that for sure. I got you. Um, Where do you guys think he's going? Honestly, I think the Lions shock the world and take him at three. And Even though Matt Stafford is full, ready to go for workouts, I think the Lions will shock everyone and take him at well, three. Well, I mean, according to Tua, at one point, at one point, I think he said in an interview he'd, he'd be fine just sitting out a year and learning under the quarterback. Or playing in the XFL. No, unfortunately not, Carter. Unfortunately, I don't think yeah, he, he's, he's, he's not playing in the XFL. Carter, he's not playing in the XFL. He's not playing in the XFL. I wish because that'd be funny, but he's not. No, I think I and think the he could need a quarterback. He could be a Patrick Mahomes esque guy. Not saying he will ever have the talent of Patrick Mahomes, but I think if he does go to the Lions, he could learn from a you know solid quarterback, Tony Romo esque Matt Stafford, you know, and maybe be that push that the Lions need to get them over to the hump to, you know, finally win the NFC North well, with the, with Mahomes, the Vikings and Packers. Mahomes, there. no. Wilson and Breeze, I'd say yes. 
Because Tua reminds hip- me a lot of a Russell Wilson type guy. Yeah, yeah. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees type, but left-handed. Um, I mean, I see, I see a lot of kind of similar game styles. I mean, I mean, it's really going to depend how um uh, the situation with Tua's hip is. I mean, if he can, if he's able to, you know, still move around the same, and it really doesn't hamper him throughout his career. I mean, the I mean, the, he does have a lot won't. of upside. It won't. I don't think an injury like that coming straight out of college will affect. Anything. Yeah, I, I mean, think the younger guys bounce back a I mean, lot pe- better. Exactly. I mean, people say that injuries... I mean, you could use the RG3 argument, I mean, but RG3 was a bad quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he was a rookie of the year candidate, and I think he won, But too. RG3 was a bad quarterback. I mean, he made it work with the talent he had. I mean, you also look at a guy like Derrick Rose in the NBA. I'm going to go there for a sec, because, I mean, youngest youngest Horrible. MVP. I mean, youngest MV, youngest MVP there was in the NBA history. One bad jump step and his career has completely, you know, be der- been been derailed to basically a an above an above Which average player. Which I mean, player. to be fair, he doesn't have the same team surrounding him. He doesn't have the same circumstances. You know who he's deserves? Still, he's still the Derrick Rose. He's not fully recovered from his injury, but he had a pretty nasty injury. You, I don't think you know who deserves it. the entirety of the blame for the Derrick Rose injury. Tom Thibodeau, because his entire coaching career has always been play them till they can't play anymore. Derrick Rose should not have been in that game in the first place. It was a blowout in the playoffs. Thibodeau, again, stuck with his way. That's why it didn't work in Minnesota, and that's why Thibodeau is never going to be successful anywhere else. So then I think you should say the same thing about Saban, because Saban also knew that also knew Tua had injury had, had an injury with his hip going into the game. Saban was more desperate to win games. Though. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a much bigger game than you know a first round series against the Sixers. I look I think. at the Tua versus Joe Burrow debate, and I see I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's going to be great. But Joe Burrow had an amazing team surrounding him. He, the stars aligned. Oh my God! Yeah, no, stars Thad, Thad Moss. The fact that he was playing basically a home game in the national championship. Yeah, the stars aligned. It was LSU's year. But you look at Tua, and I see I see. MVP stats, and I see a great quarterback. I can tell even just from his interviews that this guy is the real deal. And let's not forget, he he won a national championship. Exactly. So you know, came in and he won a national championship. He took over for Jalen Hurts. You know, so Jalen Hurts go. He went to Oklahoma Oklahoma and stunk it up. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh, so that's really the kind of, I mean, people are really discussing is Burrow maybe a, maybe a, maybe kind of a product of his system where he succeeded a lot. I don't think that's the case, but, um, I guess according to some NFL GMs that really aren't in the quarterback market, that those are some of the concerns that they see with a guy like Burrow, whereas they see a two to, where they see two to be more of the complete package. I think Burrow is the real deal, but again, at times only going to tell. So hey, Burrow, whatever happens, it's going to be fun to watch these guys grow. If for the sure. Lions shock everybody and take Joe Burrow at the third pick. Do we think the Dolphins are still shopping for a quarterback at the five pick or do we think the Dolphins are trying to sign a, one of the many free agent quarterbacks on the market? I don't think the Dolphins are going to be able... I don't think they have enough to lure them in. I mean, they have... Um, don't they have... Do they still have they Devontae have pretty, Parker? Yeah, they have they, some I mean, they have receivers. Parker, they have Gusecki, but I mean, besides those guys... I mean, I still think that they're another year out before they can really go and make a big splash Definitely, like that. But I think they will eventually. I mean, eventually, but I don't think. Unfortunately for them, I don't think it's this off season. Um, in other in other NFL news, the Giants um, and Dave Gettleman said that they'd be open to shopping the number four pick around. Um, your guys' thoughts? I think whatever. What, the what Giants else can the Giants do? do? I don't know. I I don't know. You have Saquon Barkley. Is it? 
I mean, I really don't know if you can take a skill position at four. I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe they want to get out of like just being forced to take like a tackle. They they need. I mean, if they they if, need an O line, they need a D line, they need a defense. They need at least one game-changing wide receiver because as good as you know Evan Ingram is, they need they need an Odell Beckham type guy back. I mean, if you're trading for the four pick and it's maybe only picks, I mean, I think you need another mid first rounder or a couple of seconds. Mm. I mean, you need to you need to get something. You need you're to get something about about that, that Odell Beckham type receiver that they need, like a weapon like that, right? I'm talking a weapon, not the like, guy, not not, not, not the, the drama, guy. but no. Do you think Daniel Jones is the guy to be throwing to that I, weapon? I think Daniel Jones can get there. You think, I think he'll develop? I think Daniel Jones seen, needs another season. We haven't seen Jones at his full potential yet, so I mean, next season's really going to be the test because it was in the it was in the transition from Eli to Jones last year, mm-hmm. and it was, and eventually it turned into the whole Eli like saga of him, you know, going out and. It basically turned into a yeah, retirement tour the towards the end. Spotlight on him this year. It's really see it's, it's his full exposed. slate this year. So also, he, so he actually needs to like come out and perform. Word of warning to any team looking for a head coach: Don't hire ex Vikings offensive coordinators. They suck. Look, if Pat Shermer went to, the, went to the Giants and stuck it up and got fired in a year, and the Browns really think Kevin Stefanski's going to work when he calls a Philly special on a third and 15, that Stefan Diggs, not much throwing experience, overthrows a diving out Kirk. You know, I I have no faith in that, that pickup. Oh. <sighs> I don't even remember. I think it was. Um, I remember the play. I just don't. Remember I remember the, the play. I don't remember who it was against, but I just remember being mad. Yeah. So angry. Just so angry. So in addition to Tyler's anger, we're gonna stick in the NFC North for a quick second. Uh, um, this will just be a quick one. The um, Green Bay Packers and Mason Crosby apparently have agreed to sign on, on a three-year deal. So that's just a quick thing I wanted to go into there. Mason Crosby is the only cyborg player in the NFL. Just saying. Kickers are super valuable now. For sure, for sure. I think if if they got them if they got themselves a good guy, like you might as well do everything you can to keep. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It, yeah, it's whatever. Speaking of kickers, you guys think Vinatieri is ever gonna make a comeback? You think this knee surgery is gonna bring him back to form, or do you think he's done? No. No. No comeback, Brian. I need Vinatieri to come back and make one kick. Yeah. He's at five ninety nine. If he comes back, I don't care who signs him. Just sign him and have him make a chipper. That's all we need him, you to do. How amazing would it be if the Pats got him? Just for yeah, no, literally for a blowout just for game. Nostalgia. Just no, just stick him in. Like just like have Gostowski be healthy, and then just say yeah, Adam, we're gonna get you your we're gonna get you oh, we're, right. we're gonna get you number six hundred. Gostowski, sorry, is gonna be healthy this year. Yeah, he'll be healthy again, and so that'll be a good. Vinatieri can just ride Pats. off into the sunset, being arguably. The greatest kicker no, the greatest to kicker. ever greatest. play NFL football. The greatest, I'd say most clutch. The clutchest, for sure. Like, absolutely. So, you know what? Pats, just sign him for a game. Have him kick number 600. I don't care if it's a PAT or however you got to do it. Have him kick it, and then have him, like, have him right off into the sunset. Helmet helmet raised in the air. Yep. Gillette Stadium roaring. That if That's just how it has that to go. That would be beautiful. Just do that, that and then have Gostowski kick the rest of the season. That's all you have Looking to do. Looking back on the early 2010s, it's really crazy that the Colts had Vinatieri and Pat McAfee. Yeah. So two, Pat McAfee, the greatest punter of all time as well. <laughs> what do you mean, Oh, come on, Brian. I mean, he was the best punter of the decade. He was the best punter of Name all time. Name a better punter. 
Yes, Punter give, All Time. You have to give me a sec. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd, a sec. I'd find some names. Brian would know, though. Brian I'd find, would know. I'd if find, anyone would no know a better computer. punter, I'd Brian find some names. Nah, nah. It's punters, dude. It's too hard to yeah. not use a yeah. computer. I'd find some names. Uh, so, Carter, you, I believe you or Tyler had put something in about um, uh, the new CBA proposal from the NFL. Yeah, um, it's just getting a lot of flack, and this is honestly surprising me. Like, leaders in the NFL like Russell Wilson and Jadavian Clowney are, you know, strongly against it, and yeah. it's just kind of blowing my mind because, you know, I look at it, and obviously I've never played a down of football in my life, but looking at it from, like, a logistical standpoint and, like, the benefits and the more money... I don't understand how yeah, these guys could like, be I feel against like maybe it. Maybe I'm missing something. Well, maybe here's the thing. Like so, some well, the like big, well, that the big, well, the big part with the CBA right now is the idea that they would be adding a 17th game to decide things. In this. With taking Here, away, a game then I'll from then a I'll preseason. ask you a question. I'll, They'd be taking away away a preseason game, but that's yeah, just, but that's I don't usually see why the players wouldn't. So play. preseason week, week preseason game week four is really when just. The, the the fringe players are just trying their hardest to make the team just get that last roster spot or get a practice squad spot. Really, I mean, if you see a guy, if you were to see a guy like Brady out there in Week Four, something has gone awry. I mean, usually, I mean, usually in Week Four, you're seeing the Danny Etlings, the Brian Hoyers of the world. You're not seeing the top talent in Week Four. I mean, Week Three was is usually when the top talent in preseason will play. So that does make sense as to why they'd get rid of that. The problem though with adding a 17th game, I mean we had um uh, we had um John Warren on the show last week. He was a he's a college football player. So I mean we talked about that and he and he had even gone into that like the stress of playing another full game full speed on your body is just going to be really detrimental to, to you. I mean it's really going to take a toll and for these players, they're seeing that these owners and TV deals that like they'd be making billions in this extra game for another week of football for all thirty for all thirty two teams to be playing. So to say, so for them to then say that, and the players, I'd be, I'd guess, um, I mean, at, at most they'd probably be making an extra quarter of a million. But how about I mean, this? that's about solid. This? That's solid for the millionaires and guys like JJ Watt, but. Some of the fringe players, they're probably not making more than maybe a then maybe a couple thousand. Let me and for let them me to go pose through, you guys a question yeah. right here. Let me pose you guys a question. I say you have to play one extra game this season. You get an an inclusion of one less game in the preseason and another bye week, and the players' union as a whole gets an extra five billion dollars and gets closer to that fifty percent uh, stake. In the NFL, and along with that, you have the ability to stop using opioids as a pain as a pain reliever when your body is absolutely broken down by the game. With them pulling back on the regulations of THC, what would you guys say to that question? Well, I mean, again, I'm not a player. I mean, I understand that those are those are probably stances that most players are fine with. They probably are fine with those stances. Literally, I think They're that fine the, with taking opioids. Not the opioids. I'm talking about them rolling back the opioid use and, and going more towards THC. So, but the main thing that they probably, but I'd say the main thing players are, um, uh, you know, are opposed to is that 17th game. They, they know that you know, it's probably to if you want to go and win a Super Bowl, it's 16 in the regular season. Plus, let's say you get that first round by, it's three in the postseason. If you don't, it's four. So you're so you're already looking at playing 19, 20 games. If you want, if you want to, be, if you are a Super Bowl contending team. And again, that's the thing. Who am I to talk? Again, I've never played a down of football in my life. I just feel like when you think about it, like 
it it just makes sense. Like it does. No, you, I agree. You can you can you have a a natural way to get rid of the pain rather than something that can you know kill you, and you can get addicted to, and it can ruin your career and your life, and you're getting another week off too. It's not like they're saying play an extra game and you still have to play four preseason games and you only get one bye week. You're getting a second bye week. And one less preseason game. Exactly. So you're coming into the season later. Yeah. You know, and to, and I, to make up for that that one lost preseason game, they're having like, I think it's like an extended training camp period or something like that. I mean, I believe it. I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't think players are mostly are mostly you know uh, like against those positions. I think it literally is the extra game of football. And we're forgetting about the bigger rosters too. Yeah, I mean, it would be expanded rosters, but. I mean, you could you could say like, oh, a guy like Breeze could rest an extra game. I don't think that's the case because I mean, I mean, if it's a down, if it's kind of a um, uh, really, it, de- it definitely depends on the if team. It's a, yeah, if it's a neck and if it's a neck and neck team trying to make trying to make that playoff run. I mean, sixteen games obviously is a lot to play already, but I think well, maybe the players look at it almost as like a reward if your season's going well and you don't have to worry about, you know. Trying to yeah, get that and a reward of spot. of another. And you a, don't have to worry about playing that extra game. Rest your starters. Yeah, I don't know. And the reward of another one point five percent of the stake in the NFL—that's five billion dollars to the players' union for one game. One game, people. I don't know. I mean, I see where the players are coming from, though. I understand it. I, it's 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 a There's tough two choice sides to make. To no, it's I tough, I clearly it, see both sides. It's a double edged sword. Yeah, for sure. I just it just seems so. I don't know. It just seems so clear to me. I don't know. I see. I mean, to it's the f- tough. I mean, obviously, it seems awesome to the fans. I mean, fantasy fantasy fans would have it would have a field day with it. But it's but really, it's a matter of like how much are these players not pawns and how much are they actual like people. So that's gonna be the big decider. I'd that's say. fair. Yeah. And you know, obviously, you know, it would come to a lockout if the players begin feeling like pawns, you know, if the owners start treating them like pawns, you know, and you never want to see that because, you know, they are all human beings. They are respectable people. Um, I hope this gets resolved, though, because a, a season without NFL football would be Good for horrible. the XFL? It, w- it would be great for the XFL, oh, but, you know, go- going into usual week one, I not being able to see my Minnesota Vikings kick off would be a little disappointing, but, you know. Let's hope it's not Monday night. You want to go there? <laughs> we don't have enough time to go there. Let's talk about Tua again. I like, I like Tua? talking about Tua. I like Tua. I like Tua, too. Yeah. So we look at this other potential um, draft order, and we see so the top five picks we got Cincinnati, we got the first one, and then two is Washington, Detroit. Who has the fourth? Who was it? Uh, Lions? Lions have three. Brian, who has the fourth pick in the draft? It's either Redskins or Dolphins. <laughs> Dolphins are five. Might be Skins. It's got to be Redskins. Skins are two. They're taking Skins Chase Young. Hold on. Yeah. No, but I think I think two is the real deal. I think I think Tua can be a force in the league. You know, again, he has the resume, and you know, he was he was a mind blowing player when he stepped onto the field at Alabama. He took over in the biggest of stages, so it's not a question if it's he not can, a like, clutch question. It's just a matter of like you know what can he what can his talents bring to the NFL? It's gonna be the next it's gonna be the next big test for him. So I mean, 
um, every every NFL quarterback has to go through it, so he's going to have to go through that test as well. Um, whether he ends up sitting out a year and you know taking his time, that's going to be the big question. Because I mean, guys guys like Favre, guys like Rodgers, I mean, plenty of guys over the course of the of the career. Steve Young's another one. I mean, they've they've started they've started you know the majority of their careers being drafted on the bench, whether they've been drafted highly or not. So I mean, this 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 is a newer trend of guys being drafted and, and immediately being thrust into situations like this. So I mean, it's really going to be a matter. The ones that perform are the ones that are the real deal. Yeah, so I mean, it's, that's just going to be the probably that's probably just going to be the biggest question about that. Um, so another so um over the weekend we also were witness to the Wilder Fury fight, um the rematch. Um, everyone on this show had orig- had said that Deontay Wilder was going to take it, but clearly wrong. But clearly, um, uh, the Gypsy King himself, Tyson Fury, ended up taking it. I believe it was seven rounds. Um, your guys' thoughts? It was only because of his big sparkly uniform he wore. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I, you know, I've never watched boxing that much or yeah. anything like that. And, you know, I can enjoy the fight, but the pageantry surrounding it it's, is the most annoying thing ever. To me, I, to me, I just want to see the guys fight. I, I, I hate this whole, um, uh, this whole charade about it being this, about it being this really, like, Big yeah, it festival. Reminded me of the WWE. Yeah, I, exactly. Exactly. That, that's basically what boxing's become at this point. I mean, it's it's not really boxing has kind of really lost its way. I people were hyping up this up to be really a big return to it, but unfortunately, that isn't the case. Um, but even it, but even in the loss, um, uh, Deontay Wilder has um, basically has yet to say that you know this this loss was on him. The um, uh, big blame that he puts it on was his forty pound. You know, suit that he decided to wear and going corner, into throwing in the towel when he clearly was not okay to fight. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> that was his excuse. Do you guys see the clip of uh, Fury licking Wilder's blood off his shoulder? No, but I really That's don't how you want know You're a winner. That's, That's how you know. I really you're a winner don't want to. Yeah, mean, no, it's, it's not blood. enjoyable. Yeah, it's gross, but it's no, not enjoyable. That's just frankly weird in my opinion. Oh I mean, no, it was terrifying. I was like, wow, he really. I mean, it's terrifying, but. It shows some passion. That boxing still has that like macho and like, I mean, I mean, the guys will never see that in the WWE. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the guys are warriors. I won't, I won't, I won't deny that the guys are definitely warriors. But I mean, they really just don't have the. I mean, I mean, this whole pizzazz thing that they have do to. Do we think? Do we think the, the uniform he was wearing is like just an excuse for losing, or do we? Think oh no, I think it's an excuse for heavy. It's an excuse, I mean, but it's also a stupid idea. If it, the thing weighs forty pounds and you gotta, you know. Fatigue-based yeah, like event you, coming I mean, up. Think about it. Just go out in your shorts and fight. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, that's the problem with these. I mean, the losers get big sums of money too, which I understand. I mean, you're putting your body in the line to go, basically, you know, like get destroyed by this guy. So I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but I mean, I mean, you're carrying around forty pounds. Like, what are you doing? Like, exactly. You're, you're carrying around a small child. It's literally a fatigue-based sport. And you're gonna go out there and just lug forty pounds of yeah. clothing out with you. Yeah, you're lugging a five year old. Exactly. 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 So what are you doing? Like you got to think that that over a bit more. At the same time, you look at he's a pretty pretty ripped man. He's was, a ripped man, but like phasing him that much. I mean, forty pounds though. I mean, it's still it, a significant. I mean, amount. I mean, is it enough? I mean, here's to, like, the thing. Here's the thing. We fathom can, the excuse that I mean, it made your legs tired for the. I mean, here's the thing. It's not a question that, like, that most people can lift 40 pounds, and 40 pounds is that much of a struggle. But it's a matter of, like, imagine just having 40 pounds, like, distributed throughout your body, and you're walking on that all day. 
He wasn't walking on it all day. He walked well, I mean, out to the ring on it. Chances are he was walking. Chances are he was putting on the dressing room that he was probably walking around in it. It's not going to be easy to walk around in it, but I. But I mean, I frankly, but, but frankly, it have been. No, the loss. No, the loss is on him. I mean, he sh- that isn't an excuse. I mean, you knew what you were doing putting that suit on. So I mean, if you're gonna do that, then no, it's not an excuse. You lost the fight. You lost it because you made a stupid decision. Yeah, show some humility, man. Like, you went out there and you lost the fight fair and square. Don't try to blame it on everything around That's why it. Even as a Pats fan, I have the utmost all respect these, for Eli Manning. Yeah, all these technicalities. Wow. Yeah. What do you mean, wow? Wow, that's... He's a respectable guy. No, nah, I've just never really heard Pat Pat's fans give Eli Manning that kind he, of credit. He's a very... It's almost it's almost like Derek Jeter. It's almost oh. like... Eh. Yeah. I, I respect go, him. I won't go there, because, I mean... Yeah, he's at least, a Yankees player, but I, I respect no, him. At least There's G- a lot no, of other Yankees no, I'll give players Jeter, that I do no, not I'll respect. No, I'll give Jeter more respect. At least Jeter kind of had a personality. Jeter, at least, like, was like... <laughs> Like I mean, I mean Manning was literally like the human embodiment of a cantaloupe. The guy didn't. The guy had no personality whatsoever. I mean, he. I mean, he had his moments, but like. Listen, Eli Manning was probably one I mean, of the more mediocre quarterbacks in the league, and then you definitely. put him in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and he is making unbelievable throws. And one of you, which was lucky. One one lucky. was pure luck. The David the David Tyree was pure. Man- Manningham luck. was just pure skill. That that was just perfect that was placement. Throw. That, that was, was beautiful. I, placement. I will never dispute that. You ever. see any interview with Eli Manning after a win or loss, he is the last to, to put blame on his team, and he is the first to take blame for himself. Exactly. I love it. Like that. That's what sports needs. Yeah, more that's of. what pro sports needs. If you get a guy out of college who may not be, you know, putting up huge numbers, but he is, you know, he has raw talent and he has the he has the leadership ability to say, all right. I threw three picks. This game was on me today. Or, like, he could go out there and throw six touchdowns and be like, you know. My team played well. My wide receivers caught every single ball, you know. If you can find a guy like that, I think your franchise is better off than getting the, you know. Definitely. The biggest number guy, the biggest eye test guy. Even in Eli Manning's situation, yeah, he didn't age the best. But he, like, those those veterans, like, people don't realize the uh, the impact they have on your locker room. Yeah, Just for having sure. The, the presence of a veteran like him. And I him. mean, even Russell Wilson. Russ, do you guys hear the story about Russell Wilson in the Pro Bowl when they heard about Kobe's passing? He he was the man that brought everybody together and said, you know, we need to go mm-hmm. out there and be our best for Kobe because that's what and he would want. He's also the guy that makes his receivers study. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He turned DK Metcalf from a monster to an animal. Yeah. For sure. So before we end up going down to the wire, we wanted to, I mean, we're not too big of um, uh, hockey heads, but we did want to end up talking about the man himself, David Ayers, the pro Zamboni driver that um, 42 years young. I mean, Carolina Hurricanes have two goalies, both go down, I believe, in the same game. And, you know, out trots the emergency goalie, David Ayers. I mean, emergency goalies are are kind of a, um, uh, they're really a spectacle that really only could be a, um, uh, that really could be a. It's it's tough. I mean, it's really only a spectacle that um uh, you can even that you can really see in hockey. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't really see this in football and baseball really anywhere else. Yeah. So both uh, James Ramir and Petcher Mrazek yeah went down with injuries. Good luck with those names. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't even be able to help uh, you there. Some hockey and, goalies. Yeah. Some some yeah. hockey goalies. Two hockey goalies go down and um uh, in comes the Zamboni driver. Sit. 
I mean, lets in his first two goals that he sees, and then, you know, eight, and then, you know, then goes eight for eight in the third period. So, I mean, for, I mean, for Leafs fans, that's just atrocious. I mean, they, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, for the Leafs, they're a team that's basically on the fringe of playoffs, and they're, tr- and they were trying to, and that was the game right before the trade deadline. So they're trying, so they're trying to see whether they want to be buyers or sellers at the deadline, and they're really considering being, being buyers, and then they go and get, and then get stomped by a Zamboni driver. I mean, that's and, just and think about this in the context of any other sport. That'd be like. That that'd be like the Boston Celtics, you know, Kemba and Marcus Smart both go down with injuries, and they just grab some some you know guy that's been wiping the floor all night to just come in and play point guard and lead the team to a victory. It's unheard of, you know. And you know, uh, this was the first I heard of it because again, I don't think any of us follow hockey with much of a close eye. But, you know, we all thought it was really interesting, worth putting in, you know. And uh, it's also hard to David put it into the context of other sports because I'm not taking anything away from hockey goalies. Okay, let's make that very clear. I'd say it's, it's a lot harder to go out into an NBA game and absolutely ball out to lead your team to victory than it is to sit in front of a goal with pads. I'm, I'm going to take, take the hockey standpoint here. Okay. You think you're tough? You think you're tough? You think you can go out there? This guy thinks he's tough. You think you, you, think you can go out there? I mean, I don't... Knock I, down I, pucks for 40... I think it would be easier than it would be to go bomb I mean, against seven-foot NBA players, yes. I mean, I, th- I don't think... I don't. It's going to be tough to stop John Tavares shooting an absolute, like, like laser at you. That's... Imagine taking a 95-mile-per-hour puck to the chest. Imagine trying to dunk on Taco Fall. Dude, if you're coming out of the crowd, you're not trying to dunk on any, no. anybody. You're trying to you're just you're trying, trying to pass the ball okay, okay. and just run. You, you just don't want to have the ball stick in your hands. That's all you want. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah, no. I mean, it's a it's a really inter- I mean, it's a really interesting situation. I mean, I mean, can you imagine just being like a grounds crew member at Fenway and in the ninth inning, someone someone just says, "Hey, by the way, um, uh, uh, Pedroia went down again, so um, uh, you, you're on deck." I, I look him right in the eyes and I say, I prepared for this moment my entire life and then whiff at three straight pitches yeah. because I have never seen a 90 to 100 mile per hour ball in my life. No. I mean, I don't think I've even, I mean, high 80s is probably the most I've seen. In yeah, my, same. I mean, I mean, you want to talk about like 90s, maybe on a pitching machine, but like that's, that's a, that's a fat maybe. I, I couldn't even hit the low 80s, so you put a... Chris Hill slider on me, and I'll probably end up on the I mean, ground. I mean, you're a lefty, so that yeah, he's gonna he's gonna oh, he's gonna kill he, me. He's gonna kill, he's gonna kill me. Yeah. All right. So, anything else in hockey? I really don't know. I'm not not really too much of a hockey no, head. So. If, it, if it's not the Bruins, and I really don't have hockey no idea. A long way to come. I mean, Bruins are doing pretty well. So, let's do let's go check in and our check in on some of our questions. See if we have any um uh, responses. Well, Brian's at that. Let's go down the NBA standings. The Bucks have already clinched a playoff berth. They are currently sitting atop the East at 50-8. and eight. And who other than the Los Angeles Lakers lying atop at first at 44-12 and 12 in the Western Conference? <laughs> Some discourse going on over here. I think we have a question... All right, so we got we got a quick question for our XFL analyst himself, Who's Carter Adams. Who's it from? Let's see. Let's do a quick checks. Let's see right here. Ooh, a question from at Danvo four one five. 
All right, at Danvo415 asks, for Carter, who is on your Mount Rushmore of XFL players, being the being oh, the expert and oh guru boy. that you are? I, I want to hear this. Mount Rushmore of XFL players. All right, let's see. This is... This isn't this isn't very easy because you know we've only seen three games, but my number one pick, obviously, being a St. Louis Battlehawks fan, it's have to be Jordan Tiamu, for sure. You gotta put gotta put PJ, PJ Walker up there too, for sure. That's two, that's two quarterbacks. I'm not putting Cardell. Yeah. You're not putting Cardell. No. Did Jones? you did you see the game he had? I he got I blown out by L. A. Okay. He threw four interceptions. Right. He doesn't deserve to be up there. I mean, it's three games. He, um, he can have a bad game. Even though I hate to say it, I got to put Cam Phillips up there too, the receiver. The okay. number one receiver. Okay. Dude's nasty. Okay. Dude's nasty. And number four, just from being an ex-Vipers fan like a few weeks ago, I'm going to have to put Quentin Flowers up there too. Oh, just because he is, I thought you were about his to say versatility is crazy. He can go from being a running back to coming in whenever the team needs him to and making plays more than the starting quarterback. So I, swore I, thought, I swore I thought you were about to say Aaron Murray. So that's that's my top four. That's my Mount Rushmore of XFL players. We got Jordan Tayamu, Cam Phillips, PJ Walker, and Quentin Flowers. All right, all right. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take your first three. And in the fourth spot, I'm going to put Vince McMahon. Because guess what? He's that been building. Him. He's the founder. Him. He's the founder. He, he, he's been building this since the early 2000s yep. you know had a little stint it did not work out well but now he has come back full force he's got it broadcasting on espn sure. abc fox sports him one uh quentin flowers, flowers. yeah quentin flower okay yeah. i can see i that. think i think mcmahon this is, is only a little so more far. important we've only seen three weeks and these are the stand-up yeah and, and obviously mount rushmore out here so that's obviously be a the man that is sideline reporting to our mount rushmore is pat mcavee oh for sure without a doubt he deserves his own Pat. His own um, Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. I mean... <laughs> Four stages of Pat. That would be beautiful. I mean, yeah, Pat McAfee. Brian, what about you? That's tough. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not the biggest XFL follower as you guys are, but, I mean, Tamu's good. He, he throws a good ball. Um, PJ Walker's looking looking pretty sharp. I think you give him one bad game. I think yeah. I, I, I'd still put him up there even with one bad yeah, game. Yeah, I'll put him up there. I'll He's say, good. He's making you know, the Holmes throws. You know, because mm-hmm. I want to see him back in the league, I'm going to say the guy. I mean, I, it, it sounds crazy. I mean, McAfee's going to love me for this, but I'm, put, oh, but I'm putting Marquette King, King. up there. I'm putting He's on mine, too. He's on mine, too. I love Marquette, that, man. I'm putting Marquette King up there. He deserves to be an NFL punter. He belongs The, the fact in that the he NFL. isn't is a disgrace. And finally, I'm also going to say the man himself, Vince McMahon. I mean, put making a spring football league that takes guts. And what about I mean, Landry Jones. No, no, no. I'm nah. not putting Landry Jones up there. After I saw the product that he was in the in the NFL, I don't care what these I don't care what these other guys were in the NFL. I saw what Landry Jones was, and it just didn't impress me. What about Josh Johnson? No. All right, guys. Hate to do it to y'all. It is 7:55, and we are down to the wire. All right, let's take a look back at everything we went over today. Starting with the NBA, we had a beautiful service for Kobe on 224. No other fitting date with great appearances by Shaquille O'Neal and Michael Jordan. And Vanessa Bryant made a beautiful eulogy to both Mm -hmm. Gianna and Kobe. We had the first Zion-LeBron showdown. Hopefully the first of many. Very fun. Um, Zion ended up with... Uh, what was it, 29 points, and LeBron, you know, obviously outplayed him, dropped 40. You can't forget about Brandon Ingram. 
don't forget about Brandon Ingram. We we sound like the biased ESPN media Bradley out Beal here. Too. Bradley Beal out here yeah. dropping fifty back to back games, back to back losses. Yep, and the Bucks and Lakers still sit atop their respective conferences, and the Bucks have clinched a playoff spot, which is just insane, mm-hmm. insane. Uh, That's some Warriors type stuff right there. Exactly. That's some OG Warriors. Then we hopped over to the MLB Astros players getting hit, surprisingly enough, six. Actually, it's now seven times in uh, uh, three games because Bregman finally got hit. Okay. Uh, Good for that. I'm (laughs) not a fan of Bregman. Uh, Looking at the Yankees, Severino out. uh, And Paxton is also having a cyst removed. Uh, we gave our thoughts on what this means for the Yankees. And then our takes on the Make Philly sure you Fanatic. Make so much emphasis on this. The Philly Fanatic Philly makeover. Fanatic. Uh, not fans. All around Shocked. not fans. Something I wanted to go into about Paxton as well. There's also reports that he is actually making a phenomenal recovery. So he might be back with the Yanks sooner rather than later. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see in their rotation as well. That'd be good to see. And moving yeah. into the yeah. NFL, we got Joe Burrow's hands. Are they too small? <gasps> Joe Burrow's hands too small. Did you see him at LSU? You know what small hands means. <laughs> small gloves. <laughs> um, did you see him at LSU? That man lit it up. Uh, Joe Burrow will be the number one pick, regardless of how sure. large or small his hands are. And this is sad that it might lower his draft stock, but it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't is matter. a disgrace, frankly. To a... The I, Dolphins franchise quarterback. I think two is. I think whether. I think whether we like it to admit it or not. I think his. I think his stock is set. We just don't know where it is. I think. I think. I think, De- I think his future is set. NFL GMs know where they're taking him. I don't think there's any questions about where he's going to be going. I think his. You know, his future is a, is a lock at this point. And Giants shopping at the number four pick. Mason Crosby returns to the Packers on a three-year deal. So he'll be kicking all the way through our graduation. <laughs> oh my! Wow! Yeah, so yeah. He'll, wow! So, so he'll be here a while. That's crazy. So Imagine we we are on the same you know timeline as Mason Crosby now. He's not in a wheelchair before. Yeah. <laughs> as long as his, as long as he doesn't. He's yeah. literally a cyborg. He he's he's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh. So additionally, um, the new NFL CBA is being dis- is being um uh, disputed by many players. Some people are not a fan of the seventeenth game. I still can't wrap my head head around it, but. I guess I just have to move on mm-hmm. until they figure something out. Uh, boxing, Wilder Fury 2. Uh, Tyson Fury took took the dub. I mean, there's going to be complaints. Boxing is really just more fanfare at this point than it really is the actual sport, unfortunately. So, I mean, um, you know, that's just gonna that's just how it's going to be in that in that kind of an area. Wilder's blaming it on blaming it on a 40 pound suit that he's wearing. I mean, I don't I don't buy it. Nice cop out. I don't buy it. Nice I cop mean, out. I mean, just admit that you lost. Exactly. Show some humility. Absolutely. Um, in the NHL, we had we had the man himself, David Ayers, the um, goat. Already, I mean, he's doing a, he was doing media tours in NYC, so he's killing it right now. So I mean, good for him. Yeah, no, good for him. Oh no, good. Oh, you, no, that's you amazing. Love that's amazing love for him. So it. that's awesome. Um, so yeah, he saves the day for them, and we also went. We also went over an XFL Mount Rushmore. Oh, for sure. So that's. Um, so we're almost out of time. Um, the last thing I just wanted to go into as well with the Kobe tribute, um, it was revealed that basically the last thing that um, uh, Kobe was doing on his helicopter. Oh, the was, Palinka story. Yep, yep, yep. Apparently, Rob Palinka had revealed that the last thing Kobe was doing was trying to secure a scholarship for Al- for one of Alpha. For one of Altabelli's daughters, the one that actually um, wasn't on the helicopter crash. So basically, yeah, that kind of is 
kind of gut wrenching that the the last His thing that, final act was the, heroic. Yeah, the last thing Kobe was doing was actually getting a scholarship for someone. That's so like that. That's kind of touch. That's really touching. Kobe. Touching. Kobe was the hero we needed, and we just really didn't notice it until he, it was too late. So unfortunately, yeah. rest in peace, Kobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a great man. Absolutely. All right. That is unfortunately all the time we have. We'll be back here on Friday. This has been Down to the Wire with Brian Costa, Tyler Tucker, and Carter Adams. We'll see you back here on Friday. Tune in next week.